Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Jackson Diners to your post Malone. Congratulations, circa 2016, 2017? 2016. Is that what I just heard? Yeah, absolutely. Are you playing like beats in the commercial breaks? Yeah, here? yeah, I'm spinning tracks. Uh, I was talking to Randy Carricker and Matt Rocchio, and then just out of the out of my headphones in the background, I, I could have sworn I heard Post Malone. I think he's coming to St. Louis. Yeah, right. Yeah, you Post Malone guy. Yeah, I like Post Malone. Yeah, I don't. I don't sense that you're a big fan based on the way you said. Yeah, I like Post Malone. His album, his debut album in 2016 was outstanding. And when you're a freshman in college, music kind of sticks with you more right around then because it kind of is like a soundtrack to your youth in a sense and. I really like that album. All right, now here's what I'm going to do for you. Sure. Freshman year of college, for me, University of Missouri. I uh-huh. never graduated, eight hours left, but I think I'll get an honorary degree. Right. Should, anyway. Yeah, I don't see it. A statue would be right, but... Right, just a small one, cost much in materials. <laughs> and the song in August of 1994 that was on repeat constantly is now a song that when I'm scrolling through Instagram people use as a thing where they say play this over one of your favorite memories oh do you know what song i'm talking about because you were not born when this song came out still tiffin by mike jones no 1994 i was a guess Candlebox, Far Behind. Are you even familiar with that song? If I heard we, it. We can't it's... yank audio and just play it here because this is a real operation. Right, on TMA and be like, can. yeah, we'll play the whole album here <laughs> yeah. and then sit back and yeah. half the show will go get high in the car. You know? But, right. but here, it's a real show, so I can't just play it. Now, for some of you listening, you know exactly what guitar riff I'm talking about. Jackson's looking at the text inbox. Don't look <laughs> at the text inbox. And that's what it is. And so that which I heard in 1994 over and over again is now associated with beautiful vistas and memories for people on Instagram. Nice. So people take that riff, and it is a famous guitar riff, but again, if you're 24, such as yourself, you know, for me at 24, so that would have been when I was at KMOV, 2001, and if somebody was talking about a song from nearly 30 years ago, from, so from 71, and I would have been like, okay, shut up. That's what I, that's what I would be like. That's right. what I would have been like in 2001. Right. Well. So not, are you like, be honest with me, are you like, okay, shut up. Let's get to Steph not hitting any threes. <laughs> no. Because um, 90s music, a lot of 90s music kind of set the pace for how it went in the early 2000s and mid-aughts or mid-2010s, I should say. So a lot of that's still very relevant. Really? Yeah, I think so. Like, uh, this is kind of off topic, but like Dazed and Confused. There is no topic. Dazed and Confused is set in like this, like 
early 70s but came out in Randall the, Pink right Randall Pink Floyd and it came out in the early 90s and if you think about it now if they did the same kind of style of movie now 2022 it would be 2005 that would be like when the movie would be set oh wow isn't that kind of nuts to think about because like when you watch Days and Confused it feels so 70s well that's what it was for me watching the Wonder Years in the 1980s which was my favorite show at the time, because I think I was about the same age as the setting of that right. with, the, with the delightful Fred Savage. Very delightful. Thank you. Danica McKellar, who didn't have a crush on Winnie Cooper? You, because you weren't right, born. Right, I was a couple of years away from being born. Right. Uh, I assume we're getting yelled at to talk sports. Yeah, Cap- oh yeah. That's fine. Uh... I've been not talking sports for 20 years. <laughs> uh, let's see what I can talk about. I can talk about the Cardinals last night. I watched that, uh, Jackson, and I was thrilled to see the cat talking it over with Chris Rock. So I, awesome. Does that count as sports? And I was also thrilled to see that he was wearing a Navy cap, which the Cardinals should, of course, bring back and wear on the road, as opposed to pay tribute to the average uniforms of the Philadelphia Phillies, Cincinnati Reds, Los Angeles Angels. I don't know what the Rangers are doing because I'm so consumed by the warehouse they built <laughs> as a tribute to the Edward Jones Dome right. as their new home ballpark. But the Cardinals, the Navy road cap, they win world championships, and then they go back to the red road cap, and now it's a, you know, we'll win the division right. with the Pirates and Cubs and Reds, you know. Pirates have a great hat. Oh, you're pro-Pirate hat. Oh, big time. That's a great cap. Pirates whole uniform. If they were a better team, they'd be because they got a great ballpark. I think they got great uniforms. They just unfortunately don't play very good For baseball. For whatever reason, it's funny that you bring that up. I was thinking about the fact that this group is so dreadful and uh-huh. has been now for a number of years. And really, they have not won a playoff series, if memory serves, or a playoff yeah, playoff series because they beat the Cardinals in uh, two in 2013. Since uh, former pirate Sid Bream slid past Spanky Lavalier in the NLCS in Atlanta in 1992. But uh, that playoff series that the Cardinals had with the Pirates nine years ago was incredible atmosphere there. And, and they were on the verge of winning that thing and going to the NLCS against the Dodgers. And I just remember, I'm telling you, as weird as it is... I have no idea what they were doing, but they really kind of, I don't want to say they blew up their organization, but they made this trade for Chris Archer. Right. You know, So you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, the, the, I thought I was kind of going into the weeds here. Right. I mean, they've, yeah. they've had really good talent and given and it's, it away it's from not, nothing. It's not like they were on the precipice of doing anything, and they traded for Chris Archer, who wasn't necessarily doing much himself, and they traded uh, Austin Meadows and Talon, Jameson yeah. Talon, and... And uh, I feel like another, I I mean, and I remember the night of, I got on the phone with John Mazalek. It was like 10 at night, and he was driving home from Bush Stadium. And I'm like, you know, what was the thought process? Because I'm, I don't know, I don't know what they did that day. I always just uh, operate on the presumption that they traded for an older guy who played in Cleveland, because that's the July 31st trade deadline tradition, or a guy who's going to retire in a couple of months. And I was like, so what happened? What was your thoughts? And he goes, I mean, if you saw the price of, you know, for Chris Archer, for example, look at the Pirates. I mean, in our estimation, they overpaid. Well, he was right on that one. Yeah, it was Glass now, Meadows, and eventually Shane Baz to the Rays. Wow. Oh. <laughs> for Chris Archer. Oh, God in heaven. <laughs> yeah, that one stings. Oh, what was that, 2018? Uh, yeah, July 31st, 2018. Yeah. I mean, holy moly. But my point on it is, is the Pirates had McCutcheon and they had everybody was engaged. And I've talked to some people and I don't even know how this comes up from Pittsburgh. And they'll go, you wouldn't believe it. But 
if and when the pirates are on, it's, this is really kind of a pirate city, but it's a penguin city. Hmm. And on the outside looking in, what would you think it is? It's Steelers. a Steeler city. Right. So I don't know if I'm talking to the wrong people. Sure, I don't sure. know who these people are I'm talking to from Pittsburgh. I've never been to Pittsburgh. Flown over it. Yeah. I don't think I can count that, though. No. But I could see the rivers uh, coming together. The three of them. That's right. Thank yeah. you. Three Rivers Stadium. So I'm not going to count it. No, unfortunately. It's but just by it, definition, I've seen the ballpark. Yeah, the western half of the state, whereas the eastern half is so close to New York, Philly is so much easier to go to if you're in that area. There's so many more places to go. If you're in Pittsburgh, you're more you're closer to Cleveland and maybe even Buffalo. Mm, I don't know in the Buffalo thing, although you might be right. I don't know my western Buffalo Pennsylvania. Is close We're going to spend more time on Western Pennsylvania geography up at ten forty-five is what I have it is what I have it scheduled for. Uh, Jackson, uh, yeah, the, so the Cardinals win last night. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm happy they won because you certainly don't want to lose to these groups. <laughs> but I just can't get into it. You know what I can get into? Cardinals at Fenway this weekend. Now yeah, I'm engaged. Now we're talking. I really do feel like I, I'm saying it the back-to-back days, but I really do feel like it's like the Missouri football schedule. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, who are they playing this week? Oh, Abilene Christian. Okay, well, what's after that? Oh, they're going to Auburn. I'm in. Yeah. Abilene Christian, they better win. Uh, and that's what it'll be like in September. So, okay, traveling to Fenway. And I can't, the Red Sox, I'm still not I'm still not selling on the Red Sox yeah, yet. Yeah, they're, what, 500 now? They were, I mean, there was a dumpster fire. And then, in either way, when you go up there, and especially assuming it's going to be hotter than hell yeah. there, just because it's hotter than hell all over the country, uh, the ball's going to be flying and I would imagine you're going to see some big numbers if you were enjoying uh, wagering or daily fantasy here today. Um, ball be flying in that ballpark with uh, some big bats in those lineups. Yeah, I'll be into that. See how the Cardinals hold up against a team that, yes, they're you know they started off super slow, but they've won eight of ten. They're 32 and 29 now. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing how they hold up against the Red Sox. Yeah, the Red Sox were being written off in mid May, yeah. and I'm just like, yeah, you got. Mid-May, they got too much talent to be in that spot. And Trevor Story started off like a bucket of crap, and yeah. now he's uh, on a heater. But they're in the AL East, and that's such a powerhouse a at the moment. different deal. But, uh, but is this the first time the Cardinals are playing in Fenway since the 2013 World Series, or have they gone out there? I would bet against that, Yeah, I but so. I don't know it. I would bet against it. Yeah. Um, so great, though. You come back from a 5 nothing deficit, it doesn't matter who you're playing. But for me, the highlight was Chris Rock. And so I couldn't, I, I was surprised when the Cardinal Twitter account tweeted out that he was there. I just kind of figured that if anything, he would want to just be like, yeah, I just want to check out the game. He was hanging out with Ozzie Smith. And, uh, you know, that would be a low profile thing. But then they get pictures. He waves to the crowd. And then the cat sits down with him. And I feel like Chris Rock would have done like a podcast with him at that yeah, point. Seriously. He was so gregarious. Yeah. And I was texting with the cat. And I said, that was outstanding. And he said, man, he was so good, and he was down to earth. And uh, he said the people that uh, his people were kind of surprised that he did it. But once he did it, he couldn't have been better. It was yeah. a great interview. Absolutely. And he's, he's a Cardinal fan. He was hanging out with Ozzie Smith. Yep. He rattled off some Cardinals names. I guess his dad was a big Bob Gibson fan, he right, said. Right. But he was familiar with a bunch of Pirates from back in the day and then also some more recent ones like you know Bonds and Bonilla. Uh, but yeah, baseball fan, and he performed in St. Louis on Saturday night and Sunday night. I had no idea. Did you know he was in town? I saw it right after the Oscars. I saw that, you know, I looked at his tour dates and saw it, and then didn't think anything of it. Cause I, I guess because it sold out so yeah, quickly exactly. they didn't need to advertise. Exactly. I had no idea when 
I think the Cardinal Twitter account tweeted out that he was going to be there, or maybe it was a reporter who tweeted it out. I go, what in the hell's Chris Rock doing in Bush Stadium on a 100-degree night? Yeah. My, what I, is going on? I mean, I, he must be really taking this Will Smith thing hard. He's coming here for Monday game against Pittsburgh. Right. He couldn't give me enough money to do that. Uh, on Saturday, my buddy who works at a place downtown sent me a selfie with him and Chris Rock because Chris Rock came to his place of business. And, What's uh, his place of business? You're uh, not going to say. No, I won't. Why? Why does it have to be classified? Who cares? It's it's just better if it's classified. But Do it I get was, to hear in a commercial break? Yeah, of course. Okay. Um, but it was... Like uh, not, I, listen, I want the audience to know I would tell you. Jackson, though. It's, uh, these Ledoux secret societies he's a part of. Dishonesty in media is going right. on right now, but... Um, yeah, that, I was like, oh, wait, Chris Rock's in town this weekend. It, it literally just came to my mind on Saturday. And if he wouldn't have sent me that picture, I would have realized it when the cat was talking to him last night on the broadcast. I would have legitimately liked to have gone to the show. Absolutely. He's one of my favorites. Yeah. I love Chris Rock. So I was a little irritated that I didn't know. Yeah. It was weird that, yeah, like, I guess if you sell things out, you just it makes sense that you wouldn't advertise for it. And then people just wouldn't know unless you have tickets. Uh, yeah, so uh, that was cool to see last night, and yeah. he got to see the Cardinals come back. Uh, Goldschmidt rake fest continues, but uh, good to see Dylan Carlson get it going. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know Zach Thompson last night, my fantasy baseball team, which I'll I'll spend time on Western Pennsylvania geography, and then also on my fantasy baseball team. And then I just essentially want to get it to a point where I'm talking to no one because Jackson also gets up and leaves. Right. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a breather. But uh, I picked him up, and I'm like, ah, streaming start against the Pirates. That's the play, and he was looking pretty good in the fifth inning. Ah. Yeah. And all hell broke loose. But, hey, the Cardinals got it back. You get these wins against these teams, and then, you know, I guess the mindset is just getting to the tournament. Now, when I say that, it's not the mindset I personally have, but I believe it is the philosophy at this moment of the organization, which I know drives many fans up the wall, and I understand. A defining moment, a defining moment for the Cardinals is coming. A defining moment is coming in the next 40 to 45 days. Because operating on the premise that they will be in the division race, and I really don't know how they can't be mm-hmm. based on said division. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, uh, the Pirates have lost seven in a row. The Cubs have lost seven in a row. And I don't know what's going on with Cincinnati, but they've uh, they've got two in a row. They played the Diamondbacks. Two's a streak. Uh, last night. And uh, the Diamondbacks aren't exactly. They're, they're, they're in the more New Mexico <laughs> State than Abilene Christian category yeah. on the, the Missouri schedule. But either way. Uh, that this is the time where you go, okay, it's Yadier Molina's last year. And I think at this point now I am on that it is really, really Yadier Molina's last year. I didn't really think that going mm. into the year. I thought it was real possible, but Yadier Molina's last year. I now think it's also Albert Pujols last year. I wasn't operating on that premise, but the 700 thing doesn't look real likely. Mm-mm. The Wainwright one, I don't know. But either way, it means it's the last time these guys are playing together and they have a chance to win a pennant. There is no way you sit on your hands at the deadline here. There's just no way. You can't. So with that said, I am quite, that is what has my imagination captivated with regards to the Cardinals is the upcoming uh, trade deadline. Your thoughts are welcome. 65780 is how you can text into the show. It's the Air Comfort Service text line. Uh, leave a mic drop. Uh, it'll go into the uh, abyss because Jackson won't play it. I want to play it. If I knew how to do it, I'd do it. But I, I just, I just don't, I don't have any idea how to press any buttons. <laughs> it's brought to you by Rhino Shield. And if you want a podcast, you can at the Dobbs Tyrants Auto Center podcast. And what do we have going on, Jackson, with this uh, 
this app madness. Uh, I'm pointing because I know the copy is right there and I don't have it. And the reason why I want to talk about it is you download the app and then you sign up for a profile. The prizes that 101 ESPN is giving away are just absolutely ridiculous. So this has to motivate you here. All right. The 101 mobile app is loaded with a ton of awesome giveaways this month. If you already have the app, make sure to check out the rewards section to see all the giveaways. If you don't have the app yet, the 101 ESPN app, download it and get it registered. Your chance to win $1,000 in cash. Just here. Here's a brick of 10 100s, a portable Traeger grill, a rolling Yeti cooler, a signed Ryan O'Reilly blues jersey, and much more. All of these contests are going on right now on the 101 mobile app. So make sure you check it out for App Madness here at Hubbard Radio. All right, we'll take a commercial break. I, I really like a question that I think is going that you sent yesterday. Mm-hmm. You described it as existential, mm. and I really don't know what that means, even though I fancy myself as an educated man. It was in the last eight hours of the, in Mizzou. That's, that, that, that's where they that just... That and button pushing were the last eight that's, hours. That's correct. <laughs> and, uh, and height growth. Yep. All of those things. So I enjoy this because it does get into, it kind of gets into a macro discussion on sports media, and you sent it last night like around six. And I'm like, man, I could do a podcast on this right now, 100% by myself. And just because it just so happens I'm watching Stephen A. Smith, who, again, is now talking about the PGA Tour, which is just amazing to me, considering, you know, the backdrop is the Golden Gate Bridge. So you you would have thought they would be talking about the thing that's on their network, which Mm -hmm. is the NBA final. But I don't know. I guess they're on the Mickelson thing. I see that Mickelson graphics up there. But it's going to get into sports media and having passionate takes on things that we really don't know anything about. And that might be fitting in this particular setting. So with that said, uh, Jackson's question, we'll have the discussion for it. Maybe it'll be eye-opening for people. Maybe you'll disagree. I don't know. But it's coming up next here on Balloon Party 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to Hot Love and Little Harvard, 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson is on the ones and twos. Uh, BK and Ferrario come up the top of the hour from 11 to 2. And then the fast lane here on 101 ESPN from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. with Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers, and Brad Thompson. So Jackson sends me these questions I've talked about if you listen to the show. He said, I, I, I'm in awe of it. I really am in awe of it. I feel like of all the stuff you do, and uh-huh. you do a lot, boy, you do a lot. <laughs> yeah. This is the one that I say, boy, I tell you, that's that's not easy to do every single day to come up. And then this one is sent over. And I don't know how long I can talk about it, but I could go on forever. And I think I think what I'm what I'm going to say on this stuff may open people's eyes or people. I don't know. We'll, We'll see. Who knows? Here's what we got. Here's what Jackson wrote. We touched on this a little bit last week. But I have sort of an existential question about our line of work. We spoke about how a lot of things that happen in pro sports today stay in the room and never get out to the public, or maybe just certain versions of it. Having said that, how are we, as sports analysts, supposed to properly analyze these issues without having the full story or context? Furthermore, even if we did know... How can we pontificate on these matters when we ourselves aren't within these athletes, aren't with these athletes all the time, so that we can properly use this information within a specific context? To be fair, this issue only applies to certain topics and breakdowns of games can be done without knowing everything, but I feel sometimes 
We are inclined to elaborate on topics without major details, and we naturally resort to speculation. Do you think this is just an occupational hazard, or do you think in some senses we are just to say, I'm not there with the team, therefore I cannot comment on this? I mean, what you just did there, Mm -hmm. you essentially wrote the Jerry Maguire memo that he wanted to retrieve (laughs) when he woke up the next morning about sports talk radio. Yeah, I assume on goodorbad.com that's considered good. good. Yeah, absolutely. Cuba Gooding Jr., strong. Uh, Best supporting actor. Yeah, he did. So, well, I mean, yeah, that's, that's... that is it. Right. Now, it's not limited to sports. Here's what I think happens. Here is the genesis of this all. Things get passed around as if they are truths, and then opinions are built off of these speculative truths that might not actually be accurate, mm-hmm. and then narratives are built off of those. So along those lines, um, I used to say this with regards to sports media in St. Louis, sports media shows Mm -hmm. in St. Louis, things get attached to people because this is something that I can speak to because it's something that I've done since 2000 in St. Louis. And it'd be like, oh, Tim only talks about, you know, dirty things. Sure. Uh, You know, that's the thing attached to me. And it's like, okay, fine. I'm a 45-year-old father of two, (laughs) married for a decade. But yes, call me whatever name you want. I don't, at this point, I just don't care. Uh, Frank Cusimano, all Frank Cusimano does is talk about high school basketball. And Frank worked with me for, I don't even know how long. And I'd be like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I ever have heard him talk. I'm sure he has talked about high school basketball, but it gets attached. Things get attached to people. Right. Or when DeMarco Farr was here. Well, I mean, DeMarco Farr is talking baseball, but he didn't know about baseball. Why? Just because he played football doesn't mean he doesn't know about baseball. <laughs> I got cut from everything. What am I qualified to do? Right. So things get attached to people, and I can only speak to in sports media. So then the story that I told that I believe led to your letter, don't look at the text inbox, (laughs) the story that I told (laughs) that led to your letter, uh, or your email, your letter, Jackson sends me letters at night. (laughs) That's very, it's it's so darling. uh, Your email, and your question in your email, I believe was my anecdote about doing a show with Edmonds, Mm -hmm. and how, now, Jim, I know, who may be listening to this program, uh, and text me if you are, I'll, I'll bring you on because this would blow up the whole show, but he was so right. And I know he wasn't trying to be, you know, right. really thought provoking mm-hmm. or talk down. Mm-hmm. We would just be, I'd be all worked up. I remember we were doing a show, I think when the Cardinals were in the NLCS against the Dodgers in 2013. And that's when we started doing our show. And I was all worked up about something because that's just the way I am. Yeah. And he's going, yeah, but I mean, we're not in the clubhouse, so we don't really know the answer. And unless you're in there, you really can't say anything with cert- for certainty. And I go, oh, well, can't disagree with that. Kind of blew up. My- that'll wrap it up. I yeah. guess, do we have any commercials we can go to, boys? <laughs> but for example, I can give you a tangible example. Because I can't recall who it would have been in 2013 that I wanted to see at the time Mike Matheny make a move with because it wasn't working. And I don't remember who it was. And maybe Cardinal Alan fans. Craig? Could... That's possible. That might be a nice play because he got hurt in Cincinnati in yeah. September and that really ended his career. Yeah, you might be right on that. I don't know. But I, there was just something. And I said, well, for example, Jim, I said, I loved when Tony LaRusa benched Scott Rowland. In 2006, when you guys were playing the Mets. And I feel like, had he not done that, you don't win the World Series. And he goes, oh, you liked that, did you? And I go, "Uh oh. (laughs) (laughs) 
a good start to the response. Yeah, I go, okay, something, 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 something wicked this way comes. And he goes, well, just so you know, he almost lost the clubhouse when he did that. And I go, is that right? He goes, yeah. Guys were pissed because mm-hmm. it's Scott Rowland. Right, exactly. And all of a sudden, he's riding pie in at Shea Stadium. Mm-hmm. And they're going, what in the world? Now, I think of that, and I think of Scott Spezio having a huge extra base hit late in the comeback of game two. Uh, and uh, and I think Sotaguchi had a game-winning home run. I mean, yeah. that's so random. But yeah. that's what they did, and that's how they came back in that series. Otherwise, they were down 2-0 after playing at Shea. And I'm like, yeah, Roland wasn't right. And he goes, and I get it, and that might have been the case, but in the clubhouse, it really pissed people off. And, you know, here I am, seven years removed from that, and I'd been talking about how great of a move that was by Larusa. And as it turns out... It was a really problematic move inside the Cardinal clubhouse, which, of course, who knew? The guys in the clubhouse. Did anybody talk about it to the media? Of course not, because that's not what you do. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think people, you know, I was joking about Stephen A. Smith and whatever he was talking about with regards to Phil Mickelson's press conference yesterday, even though I can't imagine while he was covering the NBA finals, he was locked in on it. And by the way, I don't blame him. I was. I'm a golf fan. I'm sitting at home on a 100-degree day. I'm not in San Francisco covering the NBA Finals. Different deal. But this is also something that I love and I follow very closely. Uh, that I think what happens is, well, I don't think. I, I can tell you. I know what happens is in order to get these jobs, oftentimes, and this isn't limited to any particular place, you are told. It's like when you used to call into the Jim Rome show, for those of you who might remember that. Rome's thing was, have a take, don't suck. <laughs> and when you're a former athlete and you wanted to get into broadcasting, you are told, have an opinion. Yeah. Now, you might not have an opinion, right. but when you're broadcasting, have an opinion. I watch Dan Orlowski right now on ESPN, and I go, this is a takesmith. Absolutely. I mean, this is a takesmith. Yep. There is no way, and I think he's an educated man, yeah. there is no way that this guy feels this strongly about every possible play in the NFL. Right. But he sells it, yep. and apparently people are buying. Mm-hmm. And here he is, a guy who is like a backup quarterback with the Lions. Yeah, ran out of bounds. Ran out of bounds. Safety. That's what he's known for in the NFL. And I think he was a quarterback at UConn, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. And now he has become a rising star that's getting talked about to possibly be on one of yeah. their Monday Night Football broadcast teams. Right. Yeah. And so he's executed the playbook. Mm-hmm. Now, to me... And maybe I'm hypersensitive to this stuff because I've kind of been on the receiving end of it in some ways. To me, making crap up, even if it benefits me financially, is not something that I personally want to do. Now, I am absolutely not on a moral high high ground. I'm a a godless heathen. Uh, So I want to make that clear in case you weren't aware of it. But as far as hurting other people's reputations or making stuff up about people, like in knowing that I don't know what I'm talking about, I personally think that that is wrong and I'm not interested in doing it. But if producers and executives say, we need you screaming about something, even if you don't know about it, that is the business model, then an individual getting into broadcasting has that choice to make. And I think that's what winds up happening. And so then the broadcasts don't become about what is actually happening because the reporters don't make much money. Mm -hmm. The people who make the money are the Stephen A. Smiths, uh, the Colin Cowherds, take Mm -hmm. your pick of whomever that you know from a national perspective. And then their broadcasts, their 
quote unquote, takes are built off of the reporting and then the narratives that they see forming on social media. And so essentially what becomes discussed on sports is actually the WWE presentation of the package that comes out that isn't necessarily accurate to what is going on. Because what is going on sometimes is just boring. Mm -hmm. A guy's hurt. Right. But we can't say it. Yeah. Uh, A guy is going through a divorce. Sure as hell not going to say that. This guy has been getting wasted and it's become a problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those kinds of things. And so the last thing a manager or general manager, it doesn't matter what sport or what team is going to say, especially if that person wants to continue working, is start airing that stuff out in public. So sure, guys in the room know about it, but it's an understanding that, you know, it's an omerta. You don't share share that stuff out the room. And so what sports media becomes is opining on that which is out there, but that which is out there is not necessarily what is really true. Mm-hmm. Is this your opinion on the topic? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it is you're kind of, you have to make a painting, but you don't have all the paint. You know, we have, we know all these things about, and then like when you can't identify from a sports perspective, like whether it be football, baseball, basketball, hockey. Like, well, why isn't this working? Oh, it, it's probably a locker room issue. And then you speculate on the locker room things, and you see that all the time with superstars. Are they a problem in the locker room? But at the end of the day, we don't know. And if we did know and we had sources inside the locker room telling us, you're not going to have that source much longer if you start airing it out. Right. So, it, yeah, I, I, you know, I mean, I, I got a couple, like I said, it's all about anecdotes to, to, to back it up. One, with, one that stands out to me, and it's, I would say, probably the most t- successful sports talk show since 2000 on television as part of the interruption, mm-hmm. and you could tell both of them didn't care about hockey. Yeah. And fine, whatever. I mean, hey, God bless. And if we're all being honest here, even though I would imagine the vast majority of people listening to this are St. Louis Blues fans, or at the very least NHL fans, probably Lightning fans here over the next 10 days, uh, that, you know, the NHL in the pecking order, especially for what they were going to do at ESPN at that time, it was going to be fourth. Yeah. It was going to be NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL. So Tony Kornheiser and Michael Wilbon, I don't even know why they bothered with it, but, you know, Stanley Cup playoffs tonight, who you got, the Blues or the Blackhawks? Mm-hmm. And they just throw stuff out, and I go, that guy's not even playing. He's hurt. But, you know, and it's just like at the end of the show, and the Tony right. Kornheiser wears his Canada flag and yeah. says, good night, you know, we'll try to do better next time. It's a show, but I knew they didn't know what they were talking about because they're talking about a guy playing who's, who's like, not playing. He's hurt. Right. So I think about it and I go, well, it's, it's just a little drive-by show. There's no reason to get upset about it, but what it is is a reflection of that is what the business became, uh, is more about you have to give an opinion even if your opinion has zero information behind it. So I am certain, having done this for as long as I've done it, that I have said things on here that I unintentionally was wrong about, that, they, that factually was incorrect because the only information we have is that what I, I read what Derek Gould writes. I read mm-hmm. what Jeremy Rutherford writes, you know, and that's how I form my opinions. Even if you're down there, and I was down there, whether it be Blues or Cardinals or at the time Rams, a lot of Missouri too, it's still not like it's not like they're like, oh, you're here. So let me tell you exactly what happened. You know, sometimes you'd get things, sometimes, but not, you know, it's just not, it's just not the way that it works. There is a, an incredible distrust between the athletes, the organizations, and the media. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes a dance of, okay, we've got to do this. 
I'm going to try to be polite, maybe make a couple of jokes. I give you the time and then we go on. And we all kind of have an understanding that you just lied to me. Right. Now, you didn't lie to me in a way of saying, this is what happened. No, I know you think you saw this, but this is what happened. It's not that. It's just, it's, we're not going to go into the full on detail of what really happened. And then you have people go on national shows or even local shows for that matter, and they'll judge a pitcher's performance by the look at the, the line. Yeah. Okay, he went five innings, but they didn't see the game. And they go, man, he had a great game. You know, he only he struck out two, but he only allowed three hits over six innings and must have really been on. The balls could have been rocketed and right. hit at Nolan Arenado over and over again, and he really actually wasn't on, but the the line looks like he was, was on. Yeah. And so then it just depends on how much into the weeds you want to get into. But the overall problem, and this isn't limited to sports media, is that the business model is not honesty. The business model is profit. Of course right. it is, just like any other business. But I think the public begins to think that because they read it in a paper or they read it online or they hear it on a radio or hear it on a podcast or see it on television, that it's true. When in reality, the proverbial, if it bleeds, it leads, goes to sports and that if it causes crap, it leads. Yeah, and exactly. so right now, if... Scotty Scheffler had won the Masters and the PGA and could be going for the Grand Slam, golf would not be getting as much attention as it is right now with the WWE theatrics of Phil Mickelson's press conference yesterday and the Live Golf thing, even though the Live Golf Tour at this moment is something that's relegated to YouTube with goofy team names. But it gets people talking, and that's what it is delivered to. We'll continue on this topic because we're getting a million texts on it. 65780, this is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Hey, this is, this is the thing, Jackson. I, I go in and now, now the clock's just... Yeah, the clock's we against us. Well, I'm against us because I don't know how to handle it. I just get going. It's tough. It's not tough. People have been doing it for decades, and I can't do it. I treat everything like a podcast, and I just get going. So I'll stop. Let me get into this more here. So we're talking about Jackson just really kind of saying, you know, essentially the sports media question of if a tree falls in a forest and no one is around to hear it doesn't make a sound. Right. In other words, how can people pontificate or even comment? Pontificate carries a negative connotation. Comment on stories when we're not in the room. And I get what you're saying. Now, somebody asks this question. This is the discussion that we had in the previous segment. For those of you just tuning in, it's a sports media-specific question. Uh, and it's a great question. Uh, let's see. Tim, love the show. Is there a flip side where instead of reporters being left out in the dark and forced to make bad takes, they instead are purposely fed points, quote-unquote, off the record to actually put on the record that may or may not be true. That's from the 314. I have to say, whoever sent that in, that is incredibly astute. Um, And I I mean this as a compliment. It's almost like you actually have experience in some capacity because that is is basically the way that it works. I'll take take it to this step. And I think I've talked a little bit about this before here on 101 ESPN. One of the, the currency... For example, here's something. I bet if I had Derek Gould or Gabe DiArmond on or maybe JR would talk about this, I feel like I've, I've seen Derek take heat for it, and I've seen uh, Gabe definitely take heat for it. And Gabe and I went to journalism school together, so I've known him for 25, 30 years. Um, oh, how come you didn't break the story? Right, Man, the local guys just got buried on that one. It's not, it's, it's not coincidence. 
It's not because Derek Gould's lazy. It's not because Gabe DeArmond's lazy. It's not because Jeremy Rutherford's lazy. Think of the hardest working person could be. And if they're in that spot, guess what? They're not breaking the story either. You know why? Because the athletic director, the general manager, the coach himself, the manager, they know the currency. If I feed you the information and you get to break the story, you will take care of me down the road. Right. It's like the opening scene of The Godfather. Mm. I know it sounds strange. Mm. Now, for me, this is just, I've, I've known it for years because I've been doing it for years. But I guess maybe when I'm saying it to those of you listening, you might be like, no way. That really goes on. Hell yeah, that, that, that's the deal. There's a guy right now who, who I mean... It's really kind of an end. I mean, what is it in the NBA, Jackson? I'll give you. I'll, I'll feed you a little something since you haven't been able to give a Celtics Warriors take just yet. Well, the Woj bomb. Oh I mean, yeah. It's become, Woj shams. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 just it's that's the business. Yeah. Yep. And so that's the game. We're agents. Yeah. Yep. That's the game. So you give me positive coverage, or you float my name for a job, which I'll then use as leverage against my current place. I'll take care of you here. Right. That's the game. And I and that's the, in a way I almost don't like telling these stories because you know, for those of who who view this stuff as pristine and beautiful, it may maybe sours it. Right. But I mean it's the truth. Yeah. You know, I I can tell you it's absolutely the truth. So that's 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 part of the game of yeah. media, but what this text was right was saying is there a flip side where instead of reporters being left out in the dark and forced to make bad takes, they instead are purposely fed points off the record to actually put on the record that may or may not be true? I'm going to go into some semantics here. If somebody tells me something is off the record, it is not to be discussed. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, that that is a difference between off the record and then somebody saying, you can use this but I am, I'm going anonymous. Right, right. That's different. Yeah. So I want to make sure that that is made crystal clear. The most important story, in my opinion, that I have covered in my career is the Rams moving. And from my standpoint, if you've worked in St. Louis sports media over the last decade, I don't know how it could be anything other than that. But yeah. perhaps there are some examples that are slipping through my head. The best story was the Blues winning the Stanley Cup. Right. Most important to the region, the Rams moving. And so I got... Well, I don't think he had to get hip to it. I just was pretty, you know, aware that something shifty was going on back in 2012. Right. And I'm going, this is coming. Something's coming. At the very least, something's coming. And so then I took it upon myself and I used my own businesses inside STL's money to go out to those town hall meetings and then meet with officials in Oakland, in San Diego, and then also watch the delightful. And yet somehow, uh, it turns out he wasn't telling the truth, Eric Grubman, which mm. I know has to shock many of you who probably, while it was going on, were going, this guy seems like he's a little slippery. <laughs> yeah. Say the exact same things to the fans in Oakland, yep. at the Paramount Theater in downtown Oakland, where I went to their town hall meeting. And then I can't recall what the theater was in San Diego that I went to. And they said the exact same thing. They're, we want to keep these franchises here. And I'm going... I think they're just checking boxes because the NFL bylaws, which they now claim don't matter, but the NFL bylaws say that you have to do these town hall meetings. And the town hall meetings, it was theater. Right. It was theater. And it was so, it was heartbreaking because I was driving down from 
L.A. to San Diego, listening to the one in St. Louis and hearing people, fans, you know, pleading their case to people who I knew not only didn't care, but as it turned out, Grubman was actually involved in the moving of the Rams, which was already predetermined. And it, it, it broke my heart because I'm going, this is all fake. Yeah. This is all false. And there are people who are emotionally invested or financially invested if they have businesses down there or they have jobs associated with the team in some capacity, indirectly or directly. And this is all this is all fake. And so that is why, while I joke about the thing of honesty in media, uh, that I, I would rather tell, but you know, you may not like me or might not like what I like or whatever, and that's cool. But at the very least, you know I'm telling you what I really think Absolutely. because I don't have to kiss any rings. They can whack me today and I'll be fine. I'll be living in Jupiter, Florida tomorrow. I'll be gone. So I, to me, being dishonest with people for the sake of making more money, that's just not. But I do think it's the game. Now, I also think in a way, sometimes media people think they are being honest, but they just don't know because of what this person just texted in. They are told something and they think that it is actually good information when in reality somebody is manipulating them to to go out and start espousing a false narrative that will be advantageous to that person. So this might really ruin sports for you, but but I also have to tell you, this is what really goes on. Jackson, I imagine I have to take a break. I yeah. do. It's yep. 10.54. All right. Like I said, I could do I could do like I could do a five-hour podcast on this yeah. today. Yeah. Uh, you're listening to Balloon Party. I want to waste you. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. All right, because of dreadful time management issues, I think I have 30 seconds. But I'm going to set the stage for BK and Ferrario because I saw them tweeting uh, what Katie Wu of The Athletic just tweeted, and that is Jack Flaherty is starting for the Cardinals tomorrow. How do you do? I'm really excited. How about that? So excited. Jack Flaherty starting for the Cardinals tomorrow. I know BK and Ferrario will be all over that here in a matter of moments. It's 10.59, so I just went, what I do, like three 20-minute segments or something? Well, I guess yeah. the math doesn't work there, does it? <laughs> nice big day uh, for St. Another thing Lucy that was covered at the last eight hours. Yeah, was... I would have knocked out division. <laughs> all right, uh, enjoyed the discussion today. Glad a lot of you enjoyed it as well. Who knows? This is Jackson's questions, man. you got to give Jackson the, the, the credit here, you know? Thank I wouldn't you. have gotten on the topic. Uh, but yeah, it gets me going because it because it, it goes beyond sports. It's right. it's it's everything. Macro Everything's a, it's it's all, you know, just a bunch of BS, honestly. All right, BK and Ferrari up next. Jack Flaherty starting tomorrow. They have more on that. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.